I'll be honest with you, I don't think anyone listens to this podcast. <laughs> you know, probably not, but that's not going to fucking stop us. Yeah. No, no, it's not. Because if you do something over and over again with the same results, that is that is success. That is definitely not the definition of insanity. That's success. Absolutely not <laughs> insanity. Yeah, let's go with that. Or are we crazy as a fox? Are we human? Or are we dancer? <laughs> yeah. Well, first, let's do a proper introduction, like we know what the hell we're doing. Yeah. Uh, so, hello, everyone. Welcome to Geek and Spiel. This is episode 22. My name is Jacob. I'm Jeff. And I'm Eric. And we are here to talk about a whole bunch of nonsense. We we haven't been around since, I think, December. We had a long uh, Christmas Chanukah break happening, and uh, a lot of a lot of weekends were taken up. So we're finally back mm-hmm. to talk about all the wonderful stuff that we did not get to since last time. Which means by the time this goes live, none of it will be relevant. (laughs) This is the way of the world. (laughs) Yep, this is the way. This is the way. We wanted to start off by talking about the the new hotness from, oh gosh, when did this come out? End of December or beginning of January? It was like the middle of December. Middle of December, right? Mid mid of December. And it's still really hot. We're going to talk about, uh, Jeff, this was one of your major topics. What is this? This is The Witcher. Toss a coin to your Witcher, O Valley of Plenty. O Valley, o Valley, o Valley of Plenty. Of so, The Witcher was is a uh, technically a web series developed by Netflix, starring Henry Cavill, motherfucking Superman. That's who he plays as the main character, Geralt of Rivia, and as the title says. He plays a character known as the Witcher, which is basically a monster hunter for hire. They just... First of all, he is not the Witcher. He is a Witcher. But the show's called The Witcher. I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Witcher. Sorry, Eric. He's the only he's, he's the only one we've seen so far, but he is only no, a No, we Witcher. have seen a second Witcher. Who got He's dead, deep. so it doesn't count. Yeah. He, he died. He got killed. This is true. Basically, the first season runs through kind of the misadvent, the adventures that he gets into. And no, I think misadventures was correct. Yeah, the way that it works is that, like in Westworld, there are a lot of time jumps in it. So some stories take place in in their present, while others take pa- take place in their past. So it's a little bit jumbled, but the overall thing is that you get the feeling of like the witcher video games in which you have this giant open world you have this main quest that you want to do but you spend 40 fucking hours doing the side quests <laughs> now now most Ugh. people are familiar with the, the people who know the witcher they're familiar mostly with the witcher 3 which was a hugely successful video game right yes ab- absolutely by was it cd Project, CD Project Red. CD Project Red. And they're uh, coming out with Cyberpunk later this year, which has been um, people have been really excited about. I know. Yeah, I'm but so it got excited. delayed. It got delayed. That's fine. We'll talk about that at some point in the future because that's worth talking about. It's also mm-hmm. worth mentioning The Witcher is based on a Polish fantasy series Correct. by, I'm, I'm going to butcher this poor man's name. Is it Andrzej uh, Sapkowski? Something like that. He's Close previously enough. come out as being against like using his properties for the video games and stuff because he's not. I didn't realize this. He's like seventy-one years old. I didn't realize he was like. Well, well, he 
here's the thing. When he sold the rights to the game studio, he took, like, a lump sum of a million dollars instead of taking, uh, what's the word? Oh, like royalties? Uh, Royalties. Yeah. Because uh, he was like, oh, these aren't going to be popular, blah, 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 blah. I'm an asshole. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so then the games got popular, and he was like, hold on, I got fucking gypped. This isn't fucking fair. It's like, you signed a fucking paper, you dumb prick. But they came up They came up with a new deal, so they're probably going to make another Witcher game. Yeah, and they'll Which probably get good. a yeah. ton more money from that. And Yeah, it's fair. In Poland, this series is absurdly popular. There have been comics, TV shows, and movies over there that haven't even come over here before. But even here, it's been super popular. Mm-hmm. And just to say how popular this show is, I, I think it came out like this week. Netflix had said that at least half of its viewers had watched The Witcher. Yeah. Which is insane. It's the most watched thing they have, just period. And it's literally just eight episodes ranging from like 45 minutes to an hour. And it, it angers me that we won't see it again until 2021. I know. It, it makes me so upset. <laughs> uh, but oh, Did you enjoy it, I, Jeff? Oh, absolutely. I freaking loved it. The whole entire thing. Cavill was awesome as Geralt. And everything about it was awesome. Scratch that uh, Game of Thrones itch, but without as much incest. But there and is still incest. A little bit. Yeah, there's a little bit. Game of Thrones made that um, like a fairly big focus of it. The Witcher just was like yeah, it, was a, it was a major plot point. Yeah. With The Witcher, it was like, oh hey, here's incest. The stories were very well done, and I liked how it was just like you had your magicians, your spellcasters, and then you had like the soldiers, and then. The Witchers are kind of the in-between, but really freaking badass. Yeah. It was cool how it showed them, not the wizards not just flinging out spell after spell after spell. Well, they did fling spell after spell after spell, but they got exhausted. They weren't like infallible, like limitless sources of explosions and awesome like spell visual effects. Jeff, there were three storylines happening at the same time. That that were that not at the same time, at different times. Yes. You first followed uh, Geralt of Rivia. My my favorite uh, review that had ind- indicated what this is like was watching Hercules' legendary journey. He just kind of shows up from place to place, solves a monster problem that's a little more complicated than it seems at first, and and then leaves and makes everything better. Sometimes, yes. That was actually a good comparison. Whereas Hercules' legendary journey was like fun and corny, but also like, you know, like an adventurous romp. This is like somebody definitely watched Game of Thrones and said this is really successful because of the violence and nudity. And we're going to throw a lot of it in there. And uh, it's Mm -hmm. very it's a very dark show. It is. Yes. Very violent. I would like to say that my favorite part was in the first episode when he shoved a sword into the guy's mouth and then ripped it up through his skull. <laughs> that whole, like, a minute and a half segment, I think somebody put Don't Stop Me Now over it by Queen, and it's just this this fight where he just obliterates eight normal guys in a minute and a half, and it's very violent and brutal. And and I love it. Then you also have, uh, you're following the plot line of Yennefer, and hers happens like centuries before this. 
and she's kind of this like mm-hmm. uh, person who enters like the wizard school for ladies, lady wizard school. Now, according to, so I just found a, a chart. According to the timeline here, series story starts about twenty five years or so ish, maybe. It's showing that hey. This is over a long period of time. It isn't just a five-month five span. Yeah, so prior to the events of the first episode with the, with the fall of Sintra, series not Siri, uh, Yennefer's story starts 65 years before that, and Geralt's starts 45 years before that. Okay. And nobody ages because of magic. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Essentially, yeah. So you follow Yennefer's story, which I guess starts 65 years before the start. And then you also have a third storyline, which is the current timeline, like the present time. And that's where you're following Siri. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Yennefer starts 65 years before the fall, and Geralt starts 30 in the first episode. Okay. And then... So it takes 30 years to get to the point where we are. Well, it takes 30 years to get to the first episode from, like, Yennefer's start. But here's here's the problem. This is actually one of my biggest issues with the show is you don't know there's a time skip. And yep. when you when you figure it out, which could take you anywhere between the, the second or third episode to never, <laughs> you, you, you don't know. They don't give you specific dates. You see characters who are children at one point and then adults in a later scene. You see characters died in the first or second episode reappears major characters in other episodes yeah and the names are so like the names of the locations they keep talking about they just throw them at you with no context no maps no nothing it is not a very great way to start this series it's very confusing and it i think it says a lot about how good the show is that people have enjoyed it so much despite this very high barrier of entry Mm mm-hmm like, once I figured out about the whole, all right, this episode isn't taking place in the past thing, once I figured that out, it was more like figuring out a puzzle, how everything fits together. Yeah. Which I enjoyed that, because it, that... Make, it makes you think a little bit instead of just mindlessly. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. But with that in mind, so Jeff, with those three storylines, what was your favorite one? It's definitely Geralt's, because... Those were, like I said, all the side quests. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I have to agree. Yeah. So he goes off and just. If you didn't know about the time skips, it just looks like he's like, "Oh, the city fell. I have to go get uh, this person." And it's like, next episode, he's taking care of a. Uh, of a rat infestation, or <laughs> <laughs> he's fishing. One episode opens up with him literally fishing, and it's like <laughs> the last episode ended with like some horrible catastrophe somewhere, and he is he is he's looking around. <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 he's trying. He's not. He's not dicking around. He's looking for the gym. <laughs> he can't sleep. But still, it's like you're. you're... Your comments on this are like ordering a pie and finding out it has no filling. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... this is a, this is a rare insult and must be used wisely. 
Yes. <laughs> you need a nap. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I actually think that uh, whether or not you see the show, you should understand, I think, and I'm sure Jeff may agree with me, the breakout character from this is, um, is how do they pronounce it? Jeskier? Jeskier. Jeskier. Uh, I love him because he is the perfect example of what I feel like a and d bard should be like. Yes. Oh, yes. Definitely. He He's clever. He's he's both comedic relief, obnoxious, and yet also, like, competent at times, yet also stupid. It kind of depends on the situation. Yes, definitely. I agree. He He's, uh, if you go with the Hercules analogy, Jeff, because I know you and I used to watch this, he reminds me a little bit of Joxer. Yes. Yes, Yeah, Joxer. who is... Joxer was a much more annoying character, but oh, this God, was a. Yes. Uh, this, but but uh, Jeskier is, um, and of course he gets to sing the the oh so now famous uh, toss a coin to your Witcher song, which has plagued our dreams and nightmares for the past month and a half. The best rendition of that song is in the episode when they meet Yennefer, and she's like coming up on him, and he's like, toss a coin to your witcher, oh, valley of penis! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. I'll just, I'll just be at work doing paperwork sometimes, and I'll start singing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, because a show like this, I probably would have asked Anita to watch with me, but I decided to do it without her, and I don't think I can get her into it now. I don't think she would enjoy it very much, but I don't think I've talked to anyone who who hasn't liked this. Yeah, my sister and brother-in-law really liked it. I think my parents are actually going to try and watch it eventually. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, yeah. See, see, here's the thing. First of all, you have uh, a, a very handsome man playing the main character. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, there's a scene when Yennefer's doing her training where she's having sex with that guy, and, like, I didn't know it was illusions of people, but then they start clapping at the end. They're just watching silently, and then yeah, they're when they're done, silently. everyone just claps. It's very awkward. <laughs> it's very, It was very awkward, but I laughed my ass off. <laughs> um, it, there's there's dragons. Yes. Uh, there's, there's magic bullshit. There's murder. You know, it's got everything you need for a good time. <laughs> Going back to the clap, the whole entire clapping thing... You describing it now reminds me of the ending of the original Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah, right. <laughs> I never saw it, but I read about the ending, and I'm just like, oh, it's super. Why weird. the fuck are these people clapping? It's, it's super. I'm telling you, it's super weird, and it doesn't make any. Aren't any there characters who are like, "Good job," and you did it, and just a bunch of clapping? Yeah, that's yes. and... that's literally that's literally the ending of of the show. Which infuriated people so badly that they had to go back and make a movie. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. because at the end it's just like they're clapping. And they're like congratulations, and you're like, I missed something because I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I thought this was about robots and depression. I could never get myself to watch it. I was just like, first episode, I'm like, noob. Anyway, sadly, they're not going to – whenever they film, the next season's not going to be released till 2021, which is sad. Sad, Well, it means yeah. they'll be filming this year. Yeah, but, like, hopefully yep. maybe we'll get, I don't know, maybe more episodes or something. It's just – it's a long production time. Well, they they did also say that there's going to be, like, animated movies. Yes, there's an animated too. movie coming out. Yep. On Netflix. That's really cool. 
It is. It is. Uh, Netflix also has. Uh, there's been talks for a long time now, and this is supposed to happen, but. Uh, Magic the Gathering is supposed to have a animated show directed by the Russo brothers, the guys who did all the really good Marvel movies like Civil War and Winter Soldier and the Avengers ones. <laughs> Can you believe that? Is that like is that still happening? I believe it is, and I cannot wait. That would be really cool. Yeah, but also, have you seen the uh, Nick's Bloom Ancient? Oh yeah, that that thing. the tripler, the mana tripler. Oh god, yeah. no, I haven't. Yeah, let me. I'll send it to you on Facebook. Yeah, send me the yeah. link there. That'd be that'd be sweet. Speaking of TV shows from things we like, uh, as you are aware, every single network in the world is trying to come out with their own stupid streaming service. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. To ruin to essentially ruin this the streaming service thing and bring us all back to the world of cable, where we're paying yep. for yep. stuff we don't care about. Yep. Mm-hmm. All that nonsense aside. It's one of my favorite podcasts, and and I know that Jeff's not a big fan of this, and other people are are are, are not. But the Adventure Zone podcast, put on by the um, McElroys, uh, mm-hmm. which by the way, if you haven't listened to it, you should. The Balance Arc is some fantastic stuff, and if you don't want to listen to it, there's some graphic novels out that are very entertaining, and other live shows are hysterical, and they go through different systems, different gaming systems, and they're they're all very funny people. So it's it's in my opinion, it's worth checking out. Uh, they're a little they play fast and loose with the rules, which which I know irks some me, some people, me, some people. Me. <laughs> well, they announced recently that they are going to have an animated show uh, release onto a streaming service, which I think is really cool. Guess which streaming service picked them up? Hulu, Crunchyroll, Peacock. What the fuck is that? That's NBC's upcoming BS streaming service. Uh, it's the reason you're not get... going to be able to get The Office on Netflix anymore. They can get <laughs> fucked. What? Yes, they can. They I still can. need to. I still need to find a way to uh, watch the Picard series through not entirely legal methods. It's <laughs> yeah. It's just like that's the thing. I'm not going to buy eight different like streaming services. I already have more than I want, and. <laughs> And I'm drawing the line because I'm sorry, NBC, you don't have anything worth watching. And people knew that this would happen eventually where everybody wants to get their their fucking hands in your pockets for, you know. It just it took them all so long that I think they they were all so unwilling to actually get into it that I guess people thought they'd be able to get away with it for longer. And now that it's finally happening, I think people are going to start getting upset. But the thing is, there are just so many dumb peons out there who are just like oh yeah the, i need to see this show the i'm gonna get this thing what's the picard one gonna be on what's that on cbs, CBS. All access. cbs all access yeah bite me i'm like what, what what has cbs ever released like recently where it's like i need to have this like they haven't i heard star trek discovery was pretty good yeah but like I, yeah so if you're a star trek fan are you gonna drop that money on there or are you gonna get it through some other means I'm going to go through some other means. <laughs> I'm not above it. Yep. Anything else you want to say about The Witcher? It's awesome, and you should probably watch it. Yeah, definitely give like the first episode a shot. Yeah. Yeah. And just so people know, it's not like The Wire where you have to watch three fucking seasons to actually get to the good parts. <laughs> It's good when it shows like really good off the bat. Oh, absolutely yeah. it is. It's very hard to get people into shows that you're like, this is amazing, but it's going to take a while. It's hard. So 
I wanted to talk about Marvel Champions. Ooh. Ooh. Marvel Champions is the new living card game, LCG, from Fantasy Flight Games. A living card game system is a concept that they have. It's been around for a long time now, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. You play a card game, not not much different than your traditional trading card ones like Magic and Pokemans and Yu-Gi-Oh! and other things. But instead of opening up random packs and and trying to collect everything, everything you need comes in one box. The most successful examples of living card games have been Arkham Horror, which I think is like the top selling one right now. And uh, Lord of the Rings is also really popular. Jeff, am I missing any others? Android Netrunner was big, but unfortunately, Fantasy Flight uh, cut support for it. Android Netrunner was probably one of the top ones back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's considered to be like one of those perfect games too, but that they they cut support for it. So they decided they wanted to release one based on Marvel, which is a brilliant idea because Marvel's a hot uh, a hot topic right now, and. They also decided they wanted to kind of simplify a lot of it, a a lot of like how to make the decks and everything. So it's easier for people who may not know how to get into these games entirely, because there can be some difficulty in understanding how to make your deck if you want to make your own and how to play the game. So in Marvel Champions, you can play one to four players. You can play solo. You take one hero, one aspect and then a bunch of other cards, and you make a deck, and you beat up on a bad guy and try to stop them from fulfilling their their evil scheme. It comes with uh, five heroes to start off with, Iron Man, Spider-Man, She-Hulk, Black Panther, and Captain Marvel. Then there's four aspects. So they're aggression, leadership, justice, and protection. It's kind of almost like Smash Up a little bit. You take one of your heroes, and you take one of these aspects, and you just smash them together into a deck, and then you add extra cards as well, like kind of like common basic cards, like fun things like Nick Fury or the Avengers Mansion, things that could apply to anything. And you, the fun thing is when you're playing, you have your hero's card out and they have a alter ego side. So if you're playing Spider-Man, you have Peter Parker and you flip it over and the other side Spider-Man. When you're Spider-Man, you can attack bad guys, you can protect yourself, or you can like thwart the evil scheme to keep it from going off. But when you're the alter ego, the only thing you can do is recover, basically get your health back. And you can only flip once per turn to to the other side. What you pick matters because the bad guy is going to beat up on you if you're a superhero. But if you're switched over, he's going to add what they call scheme to the uh, he's going to he's going to scheme and add the number higher to make the scheme go off and make you lose the game. You win when you beat up the bad guy, and there's three. The first, the starter one is Rhino, and then they also have Claw, who's the bad guy from Black Panther, and uh, Ultron, which I have not played Ultron. I just played Claw for the first time yesterday. He's very difficult, but a lot more interesting than Rhino, because Rhino's very, like, introductory. And since mm-hmm. it's it's a cooperative game, so you and other people can sit there, and one of you is like can be Captain Marvel, and want to use Iron Man, and each deck plays a little differently, and they play even more differently when you add these aspects. So aggression is all about attacking, and justice is all about thwarting, and leadership is all about putting out other guys to help you out. So, uh, and all these other side decks come with like little, um, smaller versions of of main characters like Hulk or Mockingbird. And that's a fun thing too, is each, each superhero has like one or two other 
like not like minions, I guess you'd call them, like your own sidekick support characters. So, well, Black Panther has um, what's his sister's name? Um, Shuri. Shuri's in there. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and I think Rhodey is um, War Machines and Iron Man's and stuff like that. And Pepper mm-hmm. Potts is in there too. And Aunt May is in Peter Parker's, I think. And so you you play these out over a bunch of rounds. You and, and the way you play your cards is just like all the other living card games is you have to discard other cards to pay the cost for cards you want. So if you have a deck of if you have a hand of six cards in your hand, chances are you're using two to three of those just to, to play another one. So you have to be very careful about what you want to play which is a very hard concept to wrap your head around for some people. I think people who are used to things like mana costs or people who just are used to playing just cards from your hand for free, who've played like deck builders, like Marvel Legendary or Star Realms, that's a hard concept to wrap your head around. I've only played this with two players once. I went through it with Anita. It was like one of our first time playing. It was very, uh, it took a while to kind of figure out. And then I've been playing a bunch of solo, too. And the game started to grow on me a bit. Nice. Uh, but I would really like to see this more. It's fine solo, but I think this would do really good as a two or three player game. I don't know about four. I feel like the game would go on really long because you just kind of increase the bad guy's power. Uh, but it's really mm-hmm. neat. I, I It's growing on me. I, I would really like to play this with other people. And they're releasing an expansion, basically a new hero, almost every single month since it came out. And I will tell you that this is pissing me the hell off, but not because they're like too many, because it's actually not that much to release, but you can't get them anywhere because of the uh, scarcity. They have a Miss Marvel one and they have a Captain America one and you cannot get them. They are my, my local game store. Cardboard Castle was not able to get them in stock. Amazon's been sold out forever. Miniature market's been sold out. Apparently some people have been having luck at like Barnes and Noble but like you just can't get them. And that's like the minute they come out. Oh, Thor just went up for a pre-order. He's not even out yet. Just for pre-order. The pre-order is sold out. I just saw Black Widow came out and that's not coming. No one even knows what month that's coming out. And it's not sold out yet, but I realized if I don't pre-order it today, I'm probably not going to get it. So that's, that's very frustrating because I would definitely really like Miss Marvel and Captain America who are, who I'm big fans of. So that would be really cool. I've heard about, like the scarcity issue from other podcasts and just something like that shouldn't happen, especially with some, with a big company like fantasy flight, which is owned by, which is a subsidiary of, uh, Asmodee there. The basically the biggest, one of the biggest board game companies period ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very fun. They should have known this is going to be popular. You're creating a Marvel themed game right after the, the release of Avengers Endgame. And you think that, oh, hey, we'll only do a few copies just in case it doesn't do well. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the fuck? This was on, se- <laughs> this came out really late in the year in 2019, and it was on several people's best of 2019 list. Several podcasters, website reviewers, YouTube commentators. It was on. It wasn't always. It wasn't like number one, but it was on their top ten list for an entire year, maybe number four or something like that. And and here's the thing: there are some issues with it. Like, uh, there's a lot of bookkeeping, which I I don't always like. It reminded me a lot of the bookkeeping in Sentinels of the Multiverse, which I have some issues with. It's not as bad as uh, Sentinels. So, Jeff, I'm gonna bring this with me to Orlando next month, and if you want to give it a shot with me, hell yes, I will. 
And Eric, I don't know if you have any interest in this. Uh, I know you're a card game guy, but not necessarily all of them. Uh, if you if you want to check this out with me, it I be it's it's it it might be fun to play, just to give it a shot to see what it's like. Uh, maybe maybe do it yeah. do it Eric do it. I don't always have success with with board games with Eric. He he has very picky tastes. Yes, it's just uh, I I don't know that it's picky so much as it is like. Sometimes there are a lot of rules, and I'm just like, all right, I, my brain can't handle this. <laughs> True. You need the Uno rules. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Draw, draw four, motherfucker. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, the um, Marvel Champions is it's a it's a neat game. It, it's cool. I would definitely maybe check out a playthrough to see if you're interested in it, but um. Uh, there's a lot of potential to it, and I'm excited to see where it goes. And one of the uh, YouTubers that I watch a lot, he's actually a member of the Dice Tower, I know. But, uh, like, he's played it, like, a ton, and it's like, and I'm just like, man, now I need to check this out. Yeah, that's the thing, when you're watching people. You're watching people that you appreciate the opinion of, and you see them talk about a game. And you're like, "Well, I really need to check it out." But here's me saying that I I had some I had a little bit of doubts here and there, but I I don't think it's I think it's pretty good. I just I I need mm-hmm. to explore it a little more. It's definitely not always easy. It's actually kind of difficult at times, which is probably good. None of these games are ever easy. Yeah, but then again, that's kind of the inherent inherent difficulty of card games like that. Yeah, because you never know what cards you're going to get at what time. Exactly. All right, so, so cool. that's, that's my topic there. What, what should we talk about next? Fire Emblem Three Houses is fucking trash. Oh my god, Jesus Christ! Eric. I have some, I have some strong opinions, and I would like to voice them. I would like to give the floor over to Eric so he can discuss his topic. I'm going to back away slowly <laughs> from the microphone. I'm going to, and I'm going to, um, yeah, go, go, go for it. <laughs> so, so, so here's the thing. I don't think that. It was a bad game. I think it was a bad Fire Emblem game. Because, first of all, why the hell am I running around a monastery running errands for people and teaching classes? It, it takes... You gotta do this shit between every mission of the like main mission of the game. And it feels like a waste of time. Nintendo is boasting that the game has 40 hours of gameplay, but you spend 30 hours of it running around doing meaningless nothing. This alone... Is the reason why I didn't even beat the game because I hated that. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, in every other Fire Emblem game before this, when you use your units in combat, their skills with whatever weapon or magic that they're using increases. You don't get that here. Why? What is? What is? What is? What is this? I don't know. I, I, you have to I, tell I, me. I'm, wait, not, I'm not familiar with the game. <laughs> Wait, I what? don't. So when I no, was no, this the skills raise up when you use them in battle. They and work, also, and they can also be raised in uh, in the classroom. Well, whatever it goes up in battle is obviously too minuscule to notice then, because I wasn't noticing anything with it. Oh, I was battling all the time, and I went up uh, after a couple of battles. I went up a grade, and I'm like, okay, cool. Um. Cause, and I never noticed that. But like, <laughs> I, are you sure I, you I played did. the same game everyone else did? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain. Okay. All right. But I don't. I just like, what is the point? 
the the story was okay, but then there's like curveballs and things happening that you don't get warned about, and suddenly you've made a choice that affects the entire rest of the game, and I didn't know that this was going to happen. There was no fucking... Nobody... Nothing... They tell you in the beginning that you're going to make choices that are going to affect the... Well, yeah, they tell you in the, the beginning. Game. They tell you in the beginning, but I never actually got a choice. All of a sudden, it was just like, oh, my person who was my friend is now my enemy. Okay. <laughs> um, but the big thing is running around the monastery, having tea parties with your students, and running errands for people. That sounds lovely. It's a waste of time. No, it's a waste of time. Fire Emblem is about goddamn war, and that's all it should be about. I did not spend my high school years going around finding, like, ROMs and hacks for the old Fire Emblem games for this bullshit. So, Eric, tell us how you really feel about this. It's a fucking shitty Fire Emblem game. So is it a 7 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10? What, what are we looking at here? I gave it a solid 2. And that's saying something, because Fire Emblem 6 is a solid 4. So, Eric... On the stall, show me where it touched you, where fire, three houses touched you. Who who hurt you? <laughs> a, a lot of people have hurt me. Right now we're talking about Nintendo. <laughs> but I, I, I just don't understand what the point in, is with this. You gotta run around and do monastery, you're a teacher shit. Like, who cares? There's, it's a war, people are dying, and I'm spending a month between the main missions running around doing errands for people? It's asinine. <laughs> Isn't that also very JRPG to begin with? Like going on crazy side quests to do nonsense, even though the world's about to end? Yes, but it's not... It, Fire Emblem is a fucking turn-based strategy. It's not supposed to be a fucking JRPG where the first mission is you rescue a cat and the final mission is you kill God. <laughs> 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 can it be possible that this is just something that that is still good but maybe just is what did not meet your expectations of what fire emblem is it, it very well could be but it's not me who is wrong it is the people <laughs> everybody is entitled to their own opinions and opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one, but most of them stink. So you're saying we're assholes? I haven't played it, but yes. I think that's what he's saying. <laughs> no, I'm not. I didn't say you were. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say you were an asshole. I said everybody has this one. This is why we have no. Li- this, <laughs> this is why no one listens to our podcast. Because we call everyone, we call everyone whose, whose opinion is an asshole. I mean, it's not wrong. But... <laughs> So yeah, I really, I really but, enjoyed Marvel Champions. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, no, this is this but, is this is, like, no, this is fine. No. We're, we're just uh, Je- no. Jeff and I we're are just... joking because because um, Eric did have very strong opinions about this game in another in another um, forum, and and I, we told him to essentially just save it for the podcast, and and he's not disappointing by any means. It's just. And, and no, I've been not. I've been ranting about it for the last <laughs> week. <laughs> and we're just like saving for the podcast, because yeah. like I I I I don't know. Like there's there's just inherently I don't like I said I don't think it's a bad game. It can appeal to people certainly, but I think it's a bad Fire Emblem game because again, between the main story missions, there's a month between every main story missions. Like there's a calendar, and you pass the month. Right and things you do errands and 
why are we wasting a month between missions trying to save the the fucking continent here, people? What if you retry the game, but approach it as a different game than Fire Emblem? You can't. How? How? I mean, like, well, yeah, it's Fire Emblem, but just know that it's a it's a new iteration of of something that you've already enjoyed. It's not it's not the traditional thing. I mean, this isn't Game Boy Advance anymore. This is the Switch. There's so much more they can do than they used to do on for Fire Emblems. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. sure, but like, make the game make the game longer. Something don't don't have this inflated length of the game. Okay, that's and that, that's a fair. I think that's a fair criticism, especially yeah. Because because <laughs> that's that's the big like I didn't even finish the game because it was so boring to me having to spend all this time running around and you have to have tea parties and give your students gifts so that you can increase their motivation so that you can <laughs> teach them better. And it's just like, what is the point of this? There's no. This is an inflated. This isn't real. The game isn't really that long. It's just inflating the length of the game through menial tasks i think that's a, i think that i think that's a legit uh criticism yeah it's a fair criticism it's like let's like let's say the first time i played dark souls it took me 60 hours to beat the game because i kept fucking dying every five minutes get good get but good. then but then i got good and i can beat the game in like eight <laughs> hours now again i never played fire emblem from what i've seen is you said it's turn-based but is it like XCOM style uh i don't know about XCOM. Yeah, it is. It is fairly like XCOM. Where you're positioning people around the board, the, kind of. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay. Yeah. And you and so okay. Uh, the the missions when you actually get to do the missions, they were fun. It's like, oh man, I'm playing Fire Emblem. I got a dude on a horse. I got a dude on a Pegasus. This bitch has a sword. Let's go. But everything between that, it just didn't feel like it really needed to be there. I just want to put in a little bit of a comparison. So right now, from what I'm getting at, not that I'm saying anything bad about you, but it's like, say you're a fan of Linkin Park, and you're a fan of their original album, and the second album was, wasn't as good, but still good. And then they start changing their sound, and all of a sudden it's like, everybody hates it. It's like, like you start to vehemently hate it, like how... Just like, I mean, you mean, more you mean how you mean how actually happened to Lincoln Park? Yeah, this is kind of Fire Fire Emblem's experimental phase. Well, I, I mean, I guess like the big thing is this, right? With Fire Emblem Awakening that came out what almost seven years ago now, the big thing that they added in that game was like you could have the characters romance each other and they would have children. So that you could min-max your units for the for the for the part that takes place after like the time skip. That wasn't a new thing. That was in one of the old like NES or SNES Fire Emblem games. But that's the only time before Awaken that that, that, that was a thing. Um, I don't know if that's a thing in Three Houses because I got to a certain point in the game and I was like, I can't do this because it feels I'm bored. Because Jeff's right, cause it, or I should say Jeff's point makes sense in that properties need to need to try different things and you see this the most with musicians i think more than video games where the the original sound you like uh changes so much in their other as they as they grow and you may like it more you may like it less and you see it with video games too pokemon is kind of it's bloated or it used to be i would say it was bloat before they the switch like because when i decided to jump back into it there's all this stuff with making like pastries for them and putting them in beauty contests and i'm like 
where's the just catching and and fighting stuff? Why is all this extra stuff have to show up? And and well, but see, but see, here's the thing about that: that extra stuff in Pokemon isn't necessary. But here's the thing: I didn't know that while playing it. It was like they they spent a lot of time telling me about it and saying how it was going to help them in battle. So to me, being a person who wants to, you know, do the best for my Jigglypuff, I got to make sure my Jigglypuff is the prettiest and most well-fed of all the Jigglypuffs. This is the problem for Jake. Sure. But but that's the thing. This is like I understand that you're saying that you know you didn't know that, but that stuff's not necessary to play Pokemon because Pokemon is about catching cute animals, making them into monstrosities, and then murdering all the other cute animals. Um, True. Whereas all this extra stuff in Final Three Houses, you can't avoid. There's no there's no skipping it. No, thank you. This is this is it's good to have. Um, you know, because this game was very widely regarded, but that doesn't mean we should always back up every positive thing that people say about stuff. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, for example, I hate Baby Yoda. And I, hate him. How dare don't you hate you, Baby Yoda? First of all, don't you fucking lie to me. You know, I, I'm lying. You know it's a lie. <laughs> 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 I'll maintain what I said. If you want to play an actually good Fire Emblem game, go back and play like Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon for the DS or Path of Radiance for the GameCube. Unfortunately, Nintendo wanted to milk the shit out of... Uh, the D, the 3DS. So they were just like, "Oh, hey, another game." Well, it's not Let's... even necessarily Nintendo with that, right? Like you have third-party developers. Yeah, mm-hmm. people. Right? Oh yeah, so, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, let's be real. The company that makes Just Dance is still releasing it for the original Nintendo Wii. Oh, the Wii is super popular in like certain circles. It's still wow. being widely I used. Didn't, I didn't know mostly, that. Mostly, mostly in retirement homes. <laughs> not joking. <laughs> It's 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 widely used there because its interactivity is is um is is widely considered to be very positive. But no, Nintendo they they hit it out of the park with the Wii. It's even now where we're just kind of like, yeah, it was a gimmick. Like it was, it, it was, still has lasting power. It was the gimmick. Yeah, exactly. All right, so Eric thinks Fire Emblem Three was the greatest thing he's ever played. Um, let's yep. move on to. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eric's gonna uh, come to my house and beat me senseless with a. I mean, actual Fire Emblem Three was pretty good because it's a direct sequel to Fire Emblem One. Oh, I'm in Three Houses. Oh, that game's trash. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff, what do you got? What do you got for us? Okay, so I have going back to the realm of war games. We have new game by Simon. Uh, I am never gonna be calling it Come On because that's. That's freaking stupid that they changed it again. The game that I'm talking about was a fairly recent Kickstarter from last year. The one in which there was the baby-sized statue at, uh, air quotes, miniature of Cthulhu. I would like this item. And this thing is called Cthulhu Death May Die, which is a cooperative... Ameritrash-style game where you play a group of investigators and trying to uh, disrupt the ritual of cultists summoning the Elder One. In the base game, you have two Elder Gods. You have Cthulhu, and you have the King in Yellow. He said uh, the name. Why did you say it? Yes, I did. Why did you? Because it's on the box. <laughs> this thing. to find a button. <laughs> so... We actually played this yes last night, and 
Well, who owns a copy? Is it you or did someone else get it? My friend Lloyd owns it. Oh, uh, Lloyd's got it. Yeah, we put it as a group as a birthday gift for him. Oh, that's so right. That was yeah. kind of cool. Yesterday, we we played a scenario, and I played a uh, character who was totally not a ripoff of Indiana Jones at all, <laughs> except that he looked almost exactly like Indiana Jones, except that he was black. Montana Jack? No, it was... Uh, uh, I forgot the character's name, but it was Indiana Jones. And he they even used the Han Solo quote of, I've got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> but, But it's your kind of classic dice trucker fighting, beating up cultists. And we played against he who must not be named. You're welcome, Jacob. Thank you. And I've got to say that the game, even though it was our first play, we got a couple of rules wrong, unfortunately. But overall, the game was actually a lot of fun. Because what happened was that we basically got into this abandoned laboratory that was being set on fire. And we were running around putting out fires and beating up fire vampires, cultists, Byaki. And then we punched head. Uh, God. <laughs> you must not be named <laughs> until, until we punched him in the face until he died. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> this game was designed by probably one of my favorite game designers. Um, he who must not be named. Yes, he who must not be named. <laughs> who has also created Rising Sun, Blood Rage. Lang? Yes. God, wow, I was... Blanking Why on the name because so he hard? should not be named. Yeah. Yes, because he's that awesome. He's pretty. He's pretty. He's great. The game itself was a lot of fun. It was dumb. It was fairly quick with your turns going through. Basically, you take th- three actions: moving, fighting, investigating, whatnot, and then bad things happen to you. <laughs> the elder god gets uh, some effects on you. The you can investigate the building where you can find things like a lab monkey or like uh, the soul of a dead, long dead uh, wizard. <laughs> it was it was weird. It was weird, but it was a lot of fun. And it's much faster setup than uh, Mansions of Madness. Oh, good. Yeah, because each one has has its own individual boxes. So like Cthulhu has a box. He who must not name has a box. And then there are six scenarios in the box. And it's nothing like a uh, story. It's just like a scenario that you set up kind of like an arcade game and then you play through it. It's really cool, actually. And what is the um, asking price for this for this uh, arcade-style game? I believe it was about a hundred. So it is a pretty high barrier of entry financially, right? Oh, absolutely. That's why that's why I split the cost up with uh, a couple of friends, where we got it to the point where we were basically paying like, including discounts, like seventeen dollars each. That's pretty good. That's a good gift yeah. idea. That's nice. Oh, I expect you to do the same for me. Yes. I'm just kidding, Eric. We need to get on this. <laughs> what are we doing? What? <laughs> I don't, I don't need be... to own this game. I have too many Cthulhu games and not enough people to play them with. 
we're going to be buying Jacob a $2,000 game and you're going to pay for the whole entire thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that one, Chief. <laughs> Jeff, while you were talking, I found an image of the giant Cthulhu miniature. You didn't get that for Lloyd, right? Oh, F no. That, <laughs> that, was, that was a Kickstarter exclusive thing. I, I, sent it to, I sent a picture of it to uh, Eric next to a toddler. The miniature is bigger than the kid. It's so big. Yeah. And the weird thing is that I think part of it, is one of the scenarios, you could actually use it. Yeah, like you can climb as on As a it. component. Or a component yeah. or something like that. I saw people walking around with it at PAX. They were like cradling it like it was a child. It was just, it's so big. <laughs> and just the fun thing with this is that they also released a couple of expansions so you can get more elder ones and they had a season two box that had a couple of more components and everything there so that's cool anything else on that game other than i hope to get it more to the table depending on when lloyd's available and yeah it was really cool i highly suggest it lloyd can cthulhu death may die come out to play i'm scratching at the front door <laughs> please <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, I was able to go to a board gaming day at, at Cardboard Castle Games. They moved to a new location here in Augusta. They're now in Evans, Georgia, which is a nice area. And they have a really nice building. I got go to the, I went to their open board game and, and met with some of the local board gamers. And I finally got to play a copy of Wingspan, which is like the hit game of 2019. Is that correct? Is that the, is that the bird game? It's the bird game. <laughs> Yes. It's not designed by the same guys who did Scythe, but it's the same publisher, Stonemeyer Games. Yep. And I'm, I'm I'm a fan of I'm a fan of them in general. At least I'm a fan of Scythe anyway. And uh Wingspan, you are uh you're essentially what like collecting birds and creating an engine where when you take a turn, a bunch of birds give you special abilities to either get more eggs or more resources to buy birds or more birds to spend birds on. Uh it's just birds on birds on birds. And uh, I have a question. Yes. If this game is about birds, does that mean that there are owlbears? No, because they're all actual no, real life, real, real life birds, unfortunately. Not not cool ones like owlbears. That's lame. It is. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, but it's it's not it's not lame also because it, each card is so cool because it comes with like the name of the bird and where it's located and like how big its wingspan is and some like uh, other cool stuff like that. And the art's really nice on the cards. It's a very kind of simple-looking game. Uh, I played a five-person game, and you just kind of go turn after turn after turn. You're just going around doing things. It's very um, There's very little player interaction. It's more like you're racing people to get things first, if you can. My goal when I played the game was not to come in last, and I did not, so that's okay. <laughs> nice. I did not come in last. I was third out of five people, so that was okay. Uh, I, I was not really good at building the engine at first. This game is very good. I see what all the buzz was about. I definitely uh, see this like lasting for a while. I enjoyed it. I only played it once. So I'm going to hopefully get to play it again and um, maybe check out the solo thing as well and play with some other people and see what it's like. But I enjoyed it. So that's my take on Wingspan. Nice. Also, while I was there at Cardboard Castle, I got to play with them a copy of Tiny Towns, which... I'd been so out of the loop with board games, I hadn't even heard this came out. This was also like a top contender for 2019 best of year. You have a a grid in front of you. It's a four by four grid, 
And every single turn, someone just says, I'm going to take a resource and like brick or stone or, or glass or wood. And essentially they're all, they're all colored cubes. So you take that, everyone has to take that and put it in one of those spots. And as you go around, if they come into a certain pattern, like a Tetris style pattern or something, you can build a building. You take them all off and you build a building. And the building gives you special points at the end of the game. The game is very, very simple. If it's in front of you and you explain it, it just makes a lot of sense. It's very easy and it plays very quickly to the point where I had to keep slowing everyone down because they would move to the next person's turn before other people were done doing stuff. Because it's just very easy to just kind of like go, 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 go. And you're building these little buildings up in a Tetris style and trying to fill up your entire grid as much as possible and it's just very simple. And all the little towns are really cute little artwork with like, it's all like medieval style things, but with like squirrels and and rabbits and rats and and cute things like that. So it's very red wall. It's very red wall, but like you can barely tell because I didn't realize they were squirrels at one point. I just saw them there and I'm like, oh, there's squirrels. And and it's very cutesy. <laughs> and, uh, and the game is very simple. Oh, I lost that real hard. Six player game. I was in last place. Uh, but... Oy. But uh, it, it it's it's very unique, and uh, it's made by oh AEG I think is the one who makes it, and they you know the guys who do Smash Up. Yes, and they're uh it's it's a it's a very cute, very cool game, and I am uh, I'm a big fan. I want to pick this one up. It's a lot of fun, and that's uh, Tiny Towns. I've heard high recommendations about that one, so definitely looking forward to giving it a try eventually. You'll know, see if we can get a copy of it for Escape WinterCon next month. Who's up next? Uh, well, I think Eric has drained himself with that. I said uh, what I, I said. What I had to say. <laughs> Eric has one topic down, and it, it says it, all it says is in all caps F E three H sucks. That's all you put down. <laughs> I said, I said what I came here to say. <laughs> He's just sitting back drinking a mai tai, waiting for us to stop our our yapping. <laughs> it is actually a melon mania energy drink. <laughs> Huh. Jeff, what you got? At the end of last year, I was able to see Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Republic Senate. Yes. And all I've got to say is it was awesome. I loved it. And yes, Jar Jar Binks is Ray's father. How could you spoil that? It's We're not even like three months in. You got to <laughs> wait at least three months before we can start having spoilers about how Jar Jar Binks is Ray's father. It's treason, then. but it was absolutely a fun ride they tried to do a lot of things with it and some things could have gotten more focus but overall it was really fun it was a good way to end the the new trilogy there you just straight up liked it then oh absolutely i loved it all right any did you listen to us talk about it the other time i did but i did a while back and i don't really remember what you guys said about it okay Okay, that's fine. Because your opinions don't matter. This is true. This is this. We've all made this very clear how we all feel about each other's opinions. I think Geek and Spiels have just turned into a podcast where we just yell at each other the whole time about how we feel about certain things. Which, who am I joking? I think we do that enough already. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but isn't listen, listen, isn't yelling at each other about how you're wrong the real foundation of all men friendships? You know, I'm I, I, I maybe <laughs> possibly. I d- I do recall getting told I was wrong a lot in high school, so possibly, <laughs> <laughs> and in college, and in my working life, and in my family life. This is this. You Aww. may be onto something. And yeah, that's 
Star Wars. I saw a Star Wars and it was awesome. Last weekend, we did our annual trip to Asheville, North Carolina. We spent uh, uh, the weekend, uh, the extended weekend there, just, uh, you know, drinking drinks and eating food because really that's all there is to do in Asheville in the winter, but it's a great place to do that. And uh, we again got to go to Well Played Board Game Cafe there, which is uh, they advertise as the largest board gaming library in North Carolina. It's a it's it's a small ish kind of place. It's got a it's got a big open area for like where people sit and and eat and drink and play games, and then a big section where the library is, and it's on an area called Wall Street with lots of cute little shops. So it's like the perfect place to put it. Except the parking's really bad, so you got to park somewhere else and like walk there. But that's just how it is. So we decided to go there, get ourselves some tea and milkshakes and and cider and way too much of other stuff and and play some games uh, for the evening. Uh, I had some ideas. I wanted to show Anita the game Reef, and I was hoping they had Quacks of Quedlinburg. They did not have that one. They had Reef, but I did not because she said she wanted to go over and pick out a game. So I said, cool. And <laughs> we played Harry Potter Codenames, which was which is interesting. I don't know if it's one of my favorite Codenames versions. And I showed her Cat Lady, which I think we've talked about previously, and that's a cute, fun game. But she picked out, uh, she because she didn't know this existed, and I didn't know this existed. Jeff, did you know that Sushi Go came out with a dice version? Yes, I did, actually. I did not, which means you did not either, so you shut your lying mouth. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't, I had no idea, because again, I've been kind of out of the pulse of, um, of board gaming news lately. It's called Sushi Dice, and... Uh, we just played like a two-player game of it, and I have to say, it is fantastic. I think I like it, like it a lot better than even just the regular Sushi Go. I, I don't know if I'm going to like it more than like the Sushi Go like party one where you can do all the cool variations and stuff, but this was really cool because you just you roll your die, you take one, and then you pass your conveyor belt around of dice to the next person, and the next turn you all roll them again. So it could be anything. You don't know it's it, what it could be. But you also can you can re-roll if you want using menus, I think, or chopsticks. And then you can also steal somebody else's. You can, like, on your turn, you can switch out one of your die for somebody else's. So if they have something you need, you can just trade it with them uh, against their will, which is always fun. And uh, it's really... It was. I was just really impressed by it, actually. I thought it was a solid game. We only played it two-player, and I feel like this could really... It would really grow with like more players, but it was uh, it was a lot of. Fun. That's really cool. I'll give that. I'll see if I can give that a try sooner or later. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good. Um, we also I also brought with me to Asheville because we go to breweries there and hang out and you know drink and eat while we're there. And we go into some breweries and brought two copies of Exit the Game with us. Ooh. We brought Exit the Game, Dead Man on the Orient Express because. It has that kind of Agatha Christie murder on the Orient Express vibe, and Anita's a big fan of that, so we tried that. And then also one called The Mysterious Museum. And I have never felt dumber in my life. <laughs> Exit the Game is a is an escape room series for board games. There's actually several series that do this. Exit's one of the, I think, bigger ones, actually. It, there's, they have a ton a ton of them, and I picked up maybe six when they were crazy on sale on Amazon, which is the only way to do this because people, you can only play them once. You're cutting up cards, you're cutting up paper, you're folding things, you're you're doing stuff. Once you do that, you can't replay it, and plus you know all the answers. <laughs> so it's disposable. So getting them for like four to five bucks on Amazon is the way to do this. 
we made the mistake of playing the uh, Dead Man on the Orient Express one first, which is rated like a four out of five difficulty. And the way it works is there's three sets of cards. There's the puzzle cards, the answers, and the the hints. Like if you're if you're stuck, and you open like a booklet, and there's a story and stuff involved, and like you you pull out the puzzle cards, and they tell you what you have to be doing. And we didn't even understand like the mechanics of what we had to do. We read the directions, we get the puzzle, and we're like, what 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 does it want us to do? Like we're very confused, and. <laughs> We just kind of struggled through this thing. We we made it through the end. We let we looked up so many freaking answers. We were so mad. Some of them were like, "Oh my god, we're so stupid." And then sometimes we're like, "Oh my god, this game is so stupid." And then at the very end of that one, you have to figure out who the murderer is, which we tried very hard to but did not succeed, so we technically lost that game. It was me. Aww. It was it was Eric the whole time. So we were kind of real annoyed about this and and mad. And I'm like, maybe we should have tried an easier one. So the next day when we were at another brewery, we, we pulled out, uh, what is it? The Mysterious Museum. And this one is like rated a two out of five. <laughs> it's a lot more straightforward. We, we I don't know if it's because we figured out from the last one how the game kind of works or if the puzzles were also easier. But we only had to look up answers like a couple of times. And there's only one like real BS one that we had a lot of trouble with. This one was um was fairly straightforward, and we did it, and we won that one in much less time and with much less looking up the hints and uh, and enjoyed that. So uh, my recommendation is if you want to do these, they don't play that many people. You could do it one to four. I would never, ever do, like, board game ones with more than four people because we tried doing one with eight. One time, Eric was there for that. What did we What did we try doing with eight people? I forget. We did, uh, we did one of those escape room board games. Oh yeah, no, it took like twenty minutes. It took yeah, because and you can only do one thing at a time, so you have eight people working on one puzzle. It's not like a real escape room where there's multiple things you can do at the same time to try and figure out. It took twenty minutes to do that, and uh, for these, like they only play up to four. I would play maybe like two or three people. Like again, it's it's they're not that they're not that crazy, but I would also check out the difficulties because. <laughs> Some of them are hard. I, I refuse to believe I'm that stupid, but it's very, I, I very much probably am. So, yeah. It was interesting because Anita <laughs> was doing a lot better with the Orient Express one, and I was doing much better with the museum one, I think, just in terms of figuring out stuff. So, but she's always smarter than me. That's, that was a lot of stuff I played since the last time we talked. Nice. Okay, so speaking of escape rooms and role-playing, my playgroup was actually on a fairly long uh, hiatus, but we finally got together and played some more Dungeons & Dragons. Hey, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, We just played for the first time in months yesterday. So did he TKPK the party? I tried. He he tried very hard. I almost did. I almost (laughs) did. I'll put it this way. I'm level 5 with 28 hit points, and I was down to 14. Wow. Damn. I'm a, I'm a squishy, sneaky boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's about letting the players feel like they're in control. That's all. <laughs> letting them yeah, feel that Yeah, of course. <laughs> so. It's about letting the DM think he's in control, but he's actually not. <laughs> because this will go wherever we want it to. This is true. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so anyway, we're actually running through a couple of adventures in the uh, Acquisitions Incorporated source book for D&D 5th edition. And one of the things that we did was that we had to raid a, basically sneak in into a dwarven 
wedding party and try and basically uh, do a heist where we were stealing a piece of a powerful artifact. And it went about as well as you'd think it would. Perfectly, without a hitch. Oh, absolutely. It actually wasn't too bad because what happened was that, for context, that in Acquisitions Incorporated, it's a thing run by Penny Arcade. And one of the uh, things that they did was that they raided a dwarven bank for uh, some some items. And we're interns in Acquisitions Incorporated. And we had to go to the same bank to try and do it. So if we were caught, we would be killed on sight. So that was fun. But it was it was actually a fun it was a fun heist that we planned together and actually managed to somewhat pull off. So, so it actually did turn out okay. Yeah, none of us were for the wear, except that we now have to go find a. Uh, an archlich who has the artifact piece of the artifact that we need. So we're gonna die. That's a big jump from dwarven wedding. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, for somebody again, like I asked with like when we talked about Clank Legacy, what about somebody who's not familiar with it like I am? Would I enjoy their uh like for example, I looked in a little bit of the the Rick and Morty D D book, mm-hmm. which was designed essentially it's a lot of stuff from the from the player's handbook just reposted with comments from Rick and Morty all over the place. And then like a one shot. And if you're not a Rick and Morty fan, it's just going to be lost on you completely. So what about this, yeah. though, for somebody who hasn't who's not familiar with the characters or setting? How would that be to play that? Two our friends are not really familiar with the Acquisitions Incorporated thing. But the way that we had set it up is that we gave them an introduction to it of like, oh, hey, we're getting hired by this adventuring company and got little Easter eggs in there. But. I think that it would run into the same issue with the Rick and Morty one, but not probably not as bad because it's much more rooted in the D&D universe. They'll make references, but it's fairly easy to see where it comes in. Like with the fact that we were raiding this bank is that and why people hated us is because the owners of our company did it like a couple of years ago, and they're still pissed about it because they're supposedly like the this impenetrable bank that can't be robbed, and then they got robbed. There's some things that are like, you need that knowledge of it, but some others is like, oh, okay, cool. All right, I'm, I'm going to check that out. I'm going to see if it's something I might want to incorporate acquisitionally. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's fun, and... Just some of the things are like, oh, we just, <laughs> we're we going to die horribly. <laughs> and the the DM has to do a Deus Ex Machina on us and re-res us because he wants to go through the rest of the story. <laughs> <laughs> so far, it's very entertaining. It's very good. And if you're a fan of Acquisitions Incorporated, I highly recommend buying it. If you're not, if you're or if you're not really familiar with it, I'd say it's all right to get. Just know that some there are some references in there that you may not necessarily get from uh, from it as a non-fan. All right, sounds good. Anything else, guys? Before we end for the day, toss a coin to your podcaster. Oh, Valley of Plenty. I don't know. I think it sounds better if you say toss a pod to your caster. Toss a pod to your I'll caster. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, Valley of oh, Plenty. Oh, Valley of Plenty. Oh, Valley of Plenty. Um, well, actually, yeah. So I'm going to spend the rest of my day. I'm actually finally going to get into the game that was lent to me by Eric of the Good. Fallen Order Jedis. Good. Nice. Uh, don't don't forget that the pre-order bonuses are unlocked for free, I think, so you can get an orange lightsaber. I will do that, because I want them. Uh, I don't know if you'll be able to get it at like, the beginning of the game, because I know for most of the game you can only choose between blue and green, but um, yeah. I want red. I will figure it that's, out. That's not an option. But now we shall, so we shall say goodbye to you all as we leave singing singing our songs of, of Toss and yes. Coin. So thank you all so much for listening. Once again, I am Jacob. I'm Jeff. Yeah. And that's Eric. <laughs> and um uh and so uh, we'll catch you we'll catch you guys next time. I hate you so much. <laughs> toss a coin to your witcher. Oh toss a pot to catch up. This is not going well. This is not what I wanted. <laughs>